0: Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla. I am a marketing major at the sales class of 2021, and I am so delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you. You spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. So excited to introduce you to Joe Giordano this episode. And Joe is currently an assistant general manager at the BOK Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Joe graduated to sales in 2012 with a degree in public relations and communications. In his time at DeSales, Joe founded the concert club and was responsible for many of the live events held on campus. And then upon graduation, Joe actually took the role as an event planning and promotions associate at DeSales, where he was responsible for the production and marketing of student activities. Then, by the end of 2012, Joe landed a job in the Santander Arena, where he spent the next six years working in the booking and marketing department there. Now we fast forward to now, he is happily living in Tulsa with his wife Elizabeth, who also went to sales and working for the BOK Center, and we are here today to talk to him about his journey and how he got to where he is. Welcome to the show. It is so great having you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's good to see you.
0: Yes, thank you. So, Joe, I would like to start out with your experience at DeSales. So you graduated with a communication and public relations major, um, bachelor's, and, and you graduated in 2012. So six years ago. Now um, you are the eight years ago, I'm so sorry. Eight years ago. Um, so, Joe, tell us, tell us about your experience at the sales. You, um, you founded the concert club. So, let's start there. What was your motivation um, of starting the, the concert club?
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually went to the sales even um, prior to selecting a major. Uh, because I, I knew I wanted to go into event planning. My mom was actually very heavily involved in my all my high school, junior high, and even before that, um, fundraisers and things like that. So event planning always had a, a, a good place in my heart. Um, and the concert and music business, which we can talk about in a little bit, um, was always very appealing to me as far as my history with music and arts and, and being on stage and things like that. Um, but in fact I, I was entering college at DeSales, you know, think you know, thinking that baseball was what I wanted to do. They had a great team actually and prior to me getting there, I think a few years before that, they made the College World Series. So um that was actually a big uh big factor in my choice to go to DeSales. And I ended up playing for a couple of years, but you know, my freshman year, I um, I was really, really interested in, in what sort of music programming was on campus. And, you know, I learned that there's a great student activities, um, you know, uh, branch of, of the university and, yeah. and, but there was no specific, um, club that directly brought music programming and, you know, knowing that that was kind of the direction I wanted to go, um, Uh, You know, some of my advisors suggested that, you know, communications and public relations and, you know, doing, you know, launch parties and specific events, those types of things could get me, you know, on a good track to, um, to that path. So, you know, it was a really good major for me, you know, from a, you know, having a lot of time and opportunity outside of my major and outside of school to invest and become entrepreneurial by starting the concert club myself. And it's kind of a, a wild concept for a freshman to be able to do that because when you go to a major university or a school that is focused on music business, you know, as you find, you become a number. Um, and you kind of have to work up the ranks. And, and, and from freshman year all the way up to senior year, I was able to just do, do and accomplish some really great things on my own mm-hmm. through music and, and with just nothing but support from Tracy Gallagher and the student activities <laughs> and Nick Lutchko at the student activities um division. So, you know, I, I found that the entrepreneurial spirit of the university, you know, business could have been my major, but at the end of the day, I think communication was the right choice because it got me more immersed in pop culture. And um it's responsible for a lot of the um the writing skills that I have today as I work you know, with, with major promoters, email etiquette is a big part of that. Mm. Um, and public speaking, actually, too. You know, doing podcasts like this is, you know, I've done quite a few of those within the industry. And um, it really set me up, I think, for, from a big picture standpoint to, to where I am today.
0: Yeah, excellent. I think I think you mentioned a very good point of the sales giving you the opportunity to be a self-starter because there it, we are such a close-knit community and sometimes we do have that um uh opportunity to create something as opposed to something that is very much competitive in another institution where you are you know just a number or you are just another great student um, and you have and DeSales you know has the ability to for you to be flexible in those things academically but also outside of, of the classroom so with that said, so being a self-starter, starting um, your concert club, what was some of the hard lessons that you learned along the way? Um, and, and then what then did you, uh, like was that a factor where you decided like, you know what, definitely music, the music business career is going to be for me. So tell us more about those, those um, challenges of starting the club and then establishing it for the rest of your um, college career.
1: Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot of hard lessons and I learned them often. So um, as a freshman, you know, I I had promoted concerts, you know, in local VFW halls in high school. And, you know, in that sense, um, you know, there's not a lot of um, expectation, you know, when you're just doing things with friends and they're small and, you know, on the high school level, it's, it is, it's one thing. Um, It's another thing when you are, you know, essentially representing a university to the actual business community. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, so the first thing that really I learned quickly was how to correspond with agents, you know, booking agents that represent, you know, major talent. Um, you know, what we were booking based on the budgets that we had were, were smaller bands and, you know, college bands, punk rock bands a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but really, you know what I learned was invaluable at a very very early stage in my you know college career because not most universities actually work with middle agents to book talent and what I was able to do is work directly with those folks which you know actually today I still have those contacts of some of the shows that I booked at the sales wow. um, you know in fact G Easy, who's a multi um, Grammy award winner and, you know, has platinum records and things like that. Um, he was one of our actually openers, uh, for my senior year concert. So, you know, the, the opportunity to really even get on the ground floor with artists, I was able to hang out with Jeezy at Warp Tour that year. I mean, literally some of the best memories of my life, um, after college came because of college. Um, but you know, to kind of go back to the business side, you know, music and entertainment is very fun, but it's still a business and, you know, making commitments at a very early stage, you know, I'll never forget my freshman year. Uh, we had a Philly band come out for our, for our spring fling or or whatever our end of the year concert was called at the time, uh, with a band called Valencia and great crowd, great ticket sales. I think we had over 500 people, um, and, and it was a good, good draw for, for a band that size. But um, when I first committed the offer, I think we paid them $4,000, but you know, my club wasn't sufficiently funded at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of stress and and nervousness went into, how are we going to pay this band? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, knock on away, luckily it all worked out. And, and the um, student, government body actually came to our aid to to co-promote the show basically with us and you know it it worked out just fine but the other side of it was from a production side when you work with a band of that caliber even as maybe unknown from a a mass level at the time um, as they were um, you still can never skimmed out on production and I learned a very valuable lesson that day when dealing with a very very angry lead singer um mm-hmm. and, and you know up through my senior year you know those were the, the the level of um the club really got to and actually post my senior year the club continued to go and did some really amazing things with with May Day Parade and Hoodie Allen and some other really really great college age talent but but we became um what a major university um would produce right. you know just through a lot of the lessons and the hands-on things that that I certainly um took for granted or, or just didn't know about you know at the very beginning um yeah and the other side of the coin is I, w- I grew up in a very hardcore punk rock warp tour world in high school okay and you know you that was one of the things that I struggled with at you know as I booked shows in college um, to realize that not everybody likes what you like. Right. <laughs> um, and that goes for everybody that goes for mm-hmm. people who like country music, that goes for people who like, you know, classic rock, it, it, the, it it's across the board really. And mm-hmm. actually that I, I, didn't know it at the time but that was going to be one of the lessons that I learned down the road. And that's don't book what you like, book what sells. And again, mm-hmm. kind of going back to the fact that this is a business, yeah. it, it is always a business in college too. So, you know, from a very early on stage, I, I'm glad I took those lumps and bruises in college <laughs> and, and was able to kind of recognize those, those things in, in the future in, in my career. But, you know, from a, a, a perspective that did I know, you know, was there any aha moments or something like that where the, that was the business for me? Um, I was always interested and invested in becoming a music industry professional. I just didn't know what that meant at the time.
0: Exactly. So, and that's exactly why almost the root of the podcast is, right? Like how we all have kind of a vision of what we want to do, but by talking to people about what they actually are doing hands-on in the job, in the role, is where we're able to really see, right, that 2020 vision of exactly what that entails in our vision, um, and so thank you so much because it's so true. Um, experiential learning sometimes is exactly what we need to discover those things about us and about what we want to do in the future. So so great that you had that opportunity with the sales. Um, and and so then you graduated in 2012. What was your what was your next move? Right? Did you you worked in in if I'm not mistaken um, in Pennsylvania for a little bit? Right. So tell us about what happened after
1: graduation. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, usually when you try to break into the music industry, you, you move to LA or New York or Mm -hmm. Nashville and, and try to, um, sit on somebody's desk as an, as an assistant to an agent or, you know, go out on the road with a tour or something like that. But, you know, for me, um, I couldn't get enough, I guess, of the Lehigh Valley, and and <laughs> moved out to to Pennsylvania to work at Music Fest Music Fest for ten days, right. uh, where I where I was event staff, um, and, and I really made a lot of great connections um, through the Music Fest you know network over those ten days, and you know, unfortunately, they were a a nonprofit organization, and not many full time positions existed, mm-hmm. um, but I moved out there for a full year, literally just to do that in hopes that it would land me a job, you know, in the industry. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that, um, I was very happy about was, was, uh, having to learn how to, you know, pay the bills on my own essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so after about four or five months of, of working at a, the infamous beer store out there called Changi's, um, <laughs> I, I worked. I worked through a connection with my girlfriend at the time. She's my wife now. And actually oh. she was a PA major at DeSales herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, we're a sales success story, I guess, if you will. <laughs> um, but, but um, her family actually went to church with the general manager at the time of the Santan, I guess it was the sovereign center in Reading. Um, and they had an arena and performing arts center down there. And, you know, one thing led to another where, you know, I, I, You know, just started off by picking his brain about how to break into the industry, to all of a sudden, his booking coordinator up and left after a couple of weeks on the job. Um, And he brought me in for an interview and literally took me under his wing as my first step into the industry. So, you know, I spent three and a half years in Reading um, and we did some really cool things in both the arena and the theater, uh, from having Elton John to Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Hailstorm, all those really, really cool artists. Um so for a first step into the industry it was you know really eye opening and that lesson of don't book what you like book what sells actually came from my mentor in Reading who is still a mentor today and and is the assistant general manager for ASM Jacksonville where the Jaguars play and actually seven other venues so um you know the networking opportunity that came my way and to take advantage of it um was truly there and and I feel Really, really lucky to be in the right place at the right time and to right. meet a lot of the right people
0: right right that's so that's true sometimes it's who who you know and not what you know that infamous mm-hmm. thing I think still holds true for a lot of us, a lot of people um, who find opportunities through others and through mentors um, and and so so then you worked at the um, santander um, center and then you then transitioned to be okay. So what was, you know, where did that come from? What was that move like? Can you tell us um, about that move and, and you know, how you were able to then um, escalate the ladder up where you are now?
1: Yeah, our, our facilities in Reading um, are actually part of a, a global menu management network. Um, they were called SMG. Okay. Um, we recently as a company made a merger Um, between SMG and AEG facilities forming the new company, ASM Global. Um, So I'll refer to our company more as ASM Global now, but um, in essence, you know, when, when before the merger, uh, SMG managed about 300 plus worldwide venues, um, anywhere from NFL stadiums on down to theaters, like I mentioned, convention centers, arenas, all of it. Um, And the network that that created for me was was really really amazing because you're whenever you go out to these conferences, you know the SMG network held mixers and and networking opportunities, sit downs with agents, things like that, um, where our company leveraged this you know our size and, and our and our um, how many venues we actually represent around the world, um, which is the most <laughs> out of any venue management company. Um, so so that opportunity led me to learn about facilities like BOK Center in Tulsa. And at the time, you know, and I would argue even still BOK Center was the the crown jewel of our company. And, you know, when you talk about booking and that was the track that I was on as the booking coordinator in Reading and then I worked all the way up to be the director of marketing and booking in Reading by the time I left, um, BOK Center does not have a major sports tenant. There's an ECHL hockey team, but the main focus of the arena is is booking major concerts. Um, and we've had anywhere from two nights at George Strait, seven sold out nights of Garth Brooks, who is actually from Tulsa. Um, you know, every single imaginable major artist has likely played BOK Center. Um, and and from a profile standpoint you know, yes, it's very scary to have to move all the way halfway, halfway across the country into a town you're not necessarily familiar with in Oklahoma. Um, but the facility and the career opportunity was undeniable. And, you know, w- really, I have learned so much from being here. And, and the town itself, you know, is very much so a music and arts hub, you know, like Austin was 20 years ago. You know, so this town is... it. it has uh let's say I have bought into this town more than I ever would have dreamed or imagined um I always thought this was kind of a stop for me when I when I um became the director of booking and a stepping stone um but now that I'm the assistant general manager it's um it's more than that it's home for me right now um so that's kind of how I got here that's how I, I learned and worked my way in over here um when an opportunity was there and and quite honestly I you know, there were multiple opportunities for me on the table and, and BOK Center was the best one.
0: What was the decision process like for you? So, um, can you talk about uh, the other offers and how that, cause I mean, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a move where you have to think like long-term, right? So what was your, your main factor as to why you chose, um, BOK?
1: Yeah, I think, I think, they flew me out here I'll tell you in the first okay. place so that I could get a feel for the town. And, All right. you know, it, it, very, very much so fit, um, what my wife and I wanted, um, out of our next step. Okay. And, you know, there were, there were opportunities to stay closer to home for sure. Um, there were opportunities to go down to Florida there, you know, there were, there were different things, you know, even changing career paths from venue to a promoter, mm-hmm. um, but a big promoter company down in Philly, but, um, you know, Tulsa. And like I said earlier, the pedigree of the building, um, the connections that you make here, I don't think that you can get anywhere else. And honestly the job that the team did prior to me getting here made it so appealing because of what they were doing. And, you know, in the time that I've been here, 2018 was our 10 year anniversary as a facility. Um, because it opened in September of 2008. So we threw a 10 for 10 concert series and that concert series gave me the opportunity to book shows uh, such as, and this wasn't our only programming for the year, but our 10 concerts that we attributed to our our quote unquote series um, consisted of Blake Shelton's kickoff of his tour. We had Pink for the first time um, as a headliner in Oklahoma. We kicked off U2's entire worldwide tour and we had them here for a full week. You know, we had Justin Timberlake two nights later after U2. Uh, George Strait came and played two sold out shows. We had the Eagles, who were our inaugural concert for the facility, come out. Uh, Fleetwood Mac came out. Imagine Dragons made a return to Tulsa. Bruno Mars played two nights, two sold out nights in Tulsa, which was, you know, a memory I'll never forget. Uh, Elton John ended you know, his last performance in Tulsa as part of our series. Oh, and um, so that was kind of full, a full circle moment for me. And Metallica broke our um, attendance record here in Tulsa mm-hmm. on that same series. So, you That's know, when you're talking about the career opportunity, I don't know that I would have gotten um, that sort of exposure, that sort of experience um, anywhere else. And I'm, I couldn't tell you I would make this decision every single time if I could go right. back for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I sometimes, it's almost intuitive, but also, like, did you ever imagine you would get to experience that, right? Like, you know, five years ago. It's so it's so great how um, your story is, it's a lot to do with timing and also assessing, you know, you really saw yourself you flew out there. You and your wife also made the decision together, which is incredible. So, um,
1: yeah, well, it wasn't easy. I mean, for yeah. sure, we were we were planning our our wedding. Actually,
0: wow, wow, it's it's so great. <laughs> Just for those people that are listening right now, who wanna who are thinking about the the music business and and that type of industry, um, this is very very helpful. Um, so, let's talk a little bit more what be, what happens behind the scenes in your job. Sure. So I, I am sure that it changes, you know, depending on the project, depending on the day. Uh, but can you can you tell us about your typical day um and and what that entails, people you work with, leadership, you know, who you report to, who reports to you, um, anything that, that you think might be helpful for us to immerse ourselves um in in your in your role.
1: Yeah. And, you know, our industry, as we were talking before, you know, is a very I call it America's best kept secret
0: um, Mm -hmm.
1: because everybody loves going to shows, but nobody knows actually how they get there. Um, so, so in essence, you have a, you have a promoter who comes in and rents the building out and you've probably heard of these companies like live nation or AEG. Um, those are two of the biggest promoters in the world. Um, and, and there's also local promoters, um, who can bring you content as a facility. Um, and then you have booking agents and booking agents are the people who represent all the artists and talent. And if you put it in a, you know, let's say there's a pot of money right, from ticket sales and, and um, food and beverage and all the different ancillary revenue streams that you have, um, the ticket sales actually belong to the promoter because the promoter basically pays the artist with that money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the rest of your revenue as a venue, um, it's either yours to retain or you can kind of cut the promoter in in order to get a show, right? And that's kind of part of the competitive um, landscape that we have in the music industry, okay. um, getting, getting creative with the deal, let's say. Yeah. So part of my day is, is, you know, heavily booking, um, you know, oriented and, and, you know, kind of by design, there's always been a general manager and assist or assistant general manager in, in BOK center that is, uh, booking minded, Um, granted, we do have a senior booking manager and a booking coordinator here in Tulsa. So it is a true team effort. And, you know, a lot of that day to day kind of in that department is all about driving relationships, cutting deals, um, being promoter friendly and communication to other departments. Um, and those other departments, you know, include box office, event services, Um, so event services, what falls under that is guest services, ticket takers, ushers, security guards, things like that. Um, then you have operations crew who are responsible for conversion, changeover, utilities, um, engineering, all that kind of stuff. Um, then you have, uh, I think I mentioned box office. Then you have our finance department. Um, we have a special events department actually, which is very unique to BOK Center because we self-produce quite a few events here in Tulsa. So we have a couple of people who are dedicated to that full time. Okay. Um, and, and then you have our culinary food and beverage. We have technology, um, HR. I mean there's there and, and of course marketing. But you mm-hmm. know, it, there's there's about twelve different departments here at BOK Center that all make the ship run and a high profile facility like this. Yeah. Um, and there's a director for each one of those departments. And uh, as the assistant general manager, um, they all report to me um, and we have under them, we have about 112 full-time employees in our, in our facilities. Wow. Uh, and across the street, we have a convention center as well. So that's why, you know, we have quite a few full-time employees. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, we have another probably 500 part-time employees who are, or you know, more event-driven or you know, cleaning and things like that, um, who are called in for for ancillary, you know, uh, responsibilities by our full-time staff. So, you know, about 600 people um, is a big ship to to run. Yeah. Um, and you, as a booker, I will say you learn a whole lot about every single department especially in a building like Reading, where we had two buildings and only 16 full-time people, one six. So you really learn in a facility like that how to get get involved and and be hands-on, and and you learn that leadership style of, you know, uh, leading by example. And, you know, once you get to a building like ours in Tulsa and you have that many people reporting to you, you don't have to know... um, you don't have to be a pro at every single department, but you need to know a little bit about everything and you need to have a a good sense of judgment. I would say too, um, you know, and and be able to make tough calls or be able to be confident making, um, certain decisions on behalf of the organization, um, understanding the, um, personnel ramifications, financial ramifications. Um, and, and of course, as, has Dr. Guilfoyle would put it actually at the sales, you know, the moral yeah. obligations that you have as well, um, to a lot of the, um, to a lot of the decisions that you make. So, you know, th- those, are the types of things that I do now. It's certainly different than I was just director of booking and focusing on, you know, programming the facility and that's it. Um, but again, you know, communication, is, is key and being an effective leader. I think communication and my degree in that has certainly set me up in a good way.
0: Absolutely. So what, so I love, I, cause I was just going to ask you about leadership, but I have a question before that. Um, how long you, you talk about all these departments, all, all of this um, programming process, how long does it usually take to, to um, plan a single event? And are you planning simultaneously with other, other events at the same time?
1: Yeah. I mean, we do, uh, easily over a hundred events a year, just to be okay center. Um, you know, we're, we're one of the top, consistently one of the top 25, um, venues in the, in the world, or I'm sorry, in the country, mm-hmm. um, for ticket sales. And, um, you know, that entails having many, many events going on at the same time. So, you know, each department, you know, has their own responsibilities, Um, but as far as a timeline goes, it really depends on the artist, the, um, and the promoter to dictate, uh, you know, essentially the process would be, you know, we can confirm a show, we go on sale with the show. So the ticketing department and the marketing department are working, um, early (laughs) on on that show. And then it kind of gets handed over to the events department, um, where the events department will do what they call a production advance. Um, and the production advance takes place and kind of goes over, you know, all the security, all the production, um, any rider requirements. So food and beverage gets involved at that point. Um, and we're a very well-oiled machine as are most facilities in in knowing yeah. all the moving parts to confirming an event and making it happen. Um, but yes, to answer your question, there are a lot of them. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, Making sure that you know everybody is well catered to, and that we are a promoter and artist-friendly building is very important. And then, you know, to kind of take it a step further, um, part of a branch of our marketing department is what we call our our Good Vibes Department. Um, they are responsible for elevating experiences for our guest, clients, and artists. Um, so we're very well known in the industry for. Um, creating immersive experiences. Um, and that's not only just gifts for the artists, but that's actually creating cool, unique experiences for all of them. So Billie Eilish, for example, when we had her last year, um, we actually confirmed the show through meeting with her agent out in LA and show, or actually I was at Coachella when I showed it to her and uh-huh. I showed her a video of uh, Brian Baumgartner, who's Kevin in the show, The Office, And Billie Eilish is a huge fan of The Office and Brian made a video video for us through a website called Cameo where he said that the folks in Tulsa really want you to play there. And, you know, they're big fans of the office and you should definitely get there. And that's actually how we confirm the show. It's a really kind of cool, unique way that we confirm the show. Right. Um, and, and that's kind of our MO. We, we get creative with, with even just the, the booking process. Mm-hmm. But when she came there, um, if you're familiar with the office, um, the office, uh, Kelly's birthday party where they had deflated balloons and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, we actually, made her entire dressing room Kelly's birthday party and instead wow. of saying it is your birthday we put it is your show day you know so learning about the artists what their needs are right. you know extending that to the promoters extending that to the agents is all part a major part of our business model and and we love 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 taking it to the next level for these people
0: that's that's crazy. That's awesome. And would you say then it's equally as important to fulfill right your clients as it is your guests coming to see the show?
1: Yeah, and, and that's a focus too. Is, is is creating? You know, when you look around at the most successful um, event centers and festivals, really, you know, a major part of our game now is is Instagram. And you know the internet sensations that 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 have become you know a major part of our business in just maybe five years. so you know you've got um, absolutely the artist' experience and you know a main focus on the fan experience and creating instagramable moments on our concourse so that you know there's a there's a really cool opportunity to get your building you know trending or or whatever you know as, as a as a fan-friendly place and that's you know in a, in a market like tulsa where we're about half a million people in the city's metro and about a million people within 60 miles um it's not the biggest market in the world but 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 yet we consistently rank in the top 50 in the world. So, so there's a formula that, you know, we keep people coming back. We branded not only our our venue, but the town itself as a music hub and a destination. Um, and and that has been a big formula of our success, but also getting the artists to buy into what we're doing for them backstage. And, you know, we've got anywhere from a rock to be okay photo booth. We've got, um, Dressing rooms that are dedicated to Oklahoma musicians, Garth Brooks, What Guthrie You um, Got Three, and Leon Russell. We've got the Derek Zoolander gym for people who can't lift good, um, if you're familiar with that movie. And we've got an infamous uh, private speakeasy, which is hidden by a porta potty door. So that has become an industry buzz where all the artists want to see what where the speakeasy is oh backstage. God. So, you know, we call it 360 marketing when an artist Instagram uh take takes a picture of themselves in our building. Mm Um, because who better to art to market your building than the biggest stars on the world, on the planet. So, you know, that, that's part of our model. That's part of, um, making sure that they come back. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of these artists that are not just going to be, you know, one hit wonders, although some of them will be Mm -hmm. the majority of them have long, long careers. And especially somebody like Billie Eilish, like we saw last year, she Mm -hmm. may have popped up really quickly. Um, but a girl like that, and the way her fans, um, you know, really embrace her music and her, um, she's going to be around for a while. So we recognize that and and make sure we focus on it.
0: Yeah. So any any Billie Eilish um, fans listening right now, we're all flying to POC <laughs> Center to listen to her. Uh, but yes, oh my gosh, that's incru- That's just um, you know to think about all the all the intricacy of of marketing within this the center itself is crazy um uh, i'm speechless you know i feel like i'm repeating myself over and over with my reactions but really it's so informational um so lastly there's just um i guess if i could put it into a question what is maybe three attributes that you look for um in in an in a leader and 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 that could come from within my like i want to be the most, you know, have the most integrity, but three attributes that you have um, that you look for in a leader and, and, and somebody that you, um, that you also oversee.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one is definitely how genuine somebody is. Um, you know, I, I have a kind of an ethos within our, um, within our organization and I ask our employees if they see, um, their role in our organization as a job, a career, or a calling, and mm-hmm. you know a lot of the folks that you know you know our business is is tough as far as you know personal life goes and and you know hours go it's not just a nine to five you know when people go to play, we go to work that kind of thing um and so a lot of us fall in that third category where we view this as a calling, and when I say. Mm-hmm you know showing genuine interest you can really tell that in people in our industry because leading by example and and actually caring what somebody has to say or what somebody's doing is almost personality trait you know and and you can really tell you know the people who are going to be successful you can you know you can see you know somebody who's just satisfied with with the way um maybe their businesses run or, or or they might just leave it there, but to be truly successful, some of our, you know, highest you know, partners at major agencies or some of the biggest managers in our business. I mean, these people, you know, are, might be older now, but they share that same passion that you hear in my voice, you know, today. And, and, and there's that, that shines through, you know, as you go through throughout your career, you know, you really can't, I guess, like lose that, 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 um, that luster on, on, um, on what you do, you know, there's a genuine interest that, that I look for in, in leadership here. Um, and, and then, you know, the, it all kind of relates to that, but I would say, you know, how, how involved are you or how involved do you want to be? You know, it's, it's a go-getter type of industry and, and, you know, there's plenty of business i think to go around you know our business before covid um was at an all time high um we uh, we were growing there was more arena tours and actually more stadium tours you know prior to covid 19 than than ever um and and if you are a go getter um there's no doubt that the leaders in our industry who are very very similar to me in the way um you know we approach uh, relationships, the way we approach, um, actually we, we don't really even think these are professional relationships. A lot of the people that I work with are friends, you know, and that's, and that's one of the things that I think a lot of people in our industry would recognize, you know, just to kind of sum up that point, it's, you know, being genuine, um, being able to connect and, and, and really, you know, being just music minded are those three things for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think it goes with other industries as well. But thank you, because um, things that that make like that I'm reminded of sometimes is constantly being on your feet, especially when you are young, and being socially aware and having that type of mentality of go getter and um, and just being, you know, what what else is new? How can I? um, create value in myself and, and for others in those relationships. Um, and, and being genuine, like you said, friendship rather than seeing things as a, as a professional, uh, connection is, can get you far. And it's a constant reminder for me. So I'm glad to hear it from somebody else. Um, and lastly, so <laughs> if, if you could give, <laughs> this is the signature question for the podcast, so you can give. Absolutely piece of advice to um, a student who wants to pursue this career? What would you give? Just one piece of advice to uh, a recent graduate or somebody who's thinking about about pursuing a career in in this industry.
1: Yeah, I mean, get involved on campus and off. I mean, you know, uh, my senior year, I think it was, you know, one of my, my fall internship was at Crocodile Rock Cafe. And I know it's not there anymore, but there are so many I think opportunities in the, in the Lehigh Valley, you know, for sales students to get involved in the music business and, you know, PPL centers there. It's one of them. You know, you have the Sands, which is actually an ASM facility, um, you know, and, and those are just two. I mean, I, I think from my experience, especially music fest, you know, hopefully all this stuff happens this year, but um, music fest is, is, you know, one of the biggest nonprofit music festivals in the country, um, you know, just get involved. I mean, and, and the way, my path was you know to be able to to rely on the support um of of our leaders at the sales you know especially in the student activities world um you know allowed for me to to really just get hands on experience from the very get go um and and you know again take those internships and, and and make connections um you know even at other colleges you mm-hmm. know one thing that i think was really cool in in my i think it was my senior year i was a judge on a Lehigh Valley, um, um, I think it is, um, you know, essentially all five schools, um, put on their own battle of the bands. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, we, we took the winners from the fall battle of the bands and put our top two against all the other ones and, and just being involved in what they're doing, um, I think is, is really important. So, you know, again, it's, those are the types of things that, um, that professionals in the industry definitely, um, look for. Um, I think uh-huh. understanding the business is important. Um, yeah. so, you know, yeah. getting involved and, and learning some of the hard lessons like I did is important and making, but you know, from the very go, like I said, you know, those connections are made and those connections will last. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing that I think Albright down in Reading actually did really well, they had a music business program, um, but they did a lot of, um, not only music programming, but they did a lot of seminars and things oh. that were educational for their students, okay. um, as it pertained to to the business. So, you know, like I said, the more the more you can do that, and and the more you can get industry professionals to recognize you, and 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 all that kind of stuff is is so key. Um, yeah. So, and, and quite honestly, with Albright, I mean, we actually hired probably four or five different interns from Albright down in Reading uh, a semester. And we called them our intern army, and a couple of them actually went on to be, you know, box office managers, and they're they're already broken into the industry. So, you know, it's a great pathway to do it. Um, and, and like I said, get involved.
0: Of course. Um, thank you for sharing um, your wonderful insights of, of your role and and your industry and your career. It's been a pleasure hearing your story, um, and all the information you shared with us is going it's going to be very valuable. Um, so, thank you, Joe. It's been a pleasure meeting you, and have a great one.
1: Thanks, Carl. I appreciate it.